Hi friends, we're so glad you're here and that you've joined us at the Revelation Wellness Podcast for another fresh week. We have a new Revving the Word episode for you today, but before we get to it, it's time for another podcast review. This review is from Worker B1245. And this person says, the Revving the Word podcast with Elisa have introduced me to a new way of worship. This is such a gift and blessing. Hearing the Word, renewing my mind and my body, I am forever changed by Revelation Wellness. Thank you. We are so glad to hear that our podcast is blessing you and helping you worship in a new way, Worker Bee. Thank you for taking the time to submit a review. And for everybody else listening, did you know that reviews are a great way for you to help new people find our podcast? If you've been impacted, if you've enjoyed these episodes, we would love for you to let us know and leave a review in your podcast app. We listen to them. We are encouraged by them. And if we read your review on the show, we'll send you a Love is Greater Than Fear package as a thank you. So Worker B, email us at store at revelationwellness.org and give us your address so we can get a gift sent out to you. Now, on to the highlight of our week, of our Monday. Please enjoy this Revving the Word episode. We can't wait for you to hear it. Peace. Getting the playlist going in three, two, one, play. Okay, today we have uh, something a little special. I think I've done one of these before. And the request came in again. I thought, you know what, we'll try it again. So here's what's happening today. The music that you'll be listening to is completely instrumental. Uh, Some of you have told us that sometimes the words conflicting feel a little confusing or rattling for your brain and totally get that. So we're going to give this a try. So here's what I want you to do. You have to let us know what you think. First of all, if you think you're not going to like it, you're probably not going to like it. So could you (laughs) rid yourself of your preferences just on this? Let's give it a try. And then let us know what you think, okay? Because we're in this together. Maybe we'll just do these more often, a little bit here and there. The hard part is finding good instrumental music, to be honest with you. Something that's not too pulsating or monotonous. Something that supports uplifting without just being pointless. So let's have a good time today. How are you? Like really, how are you? How are you feeling? Think in emojis. If you were going to type back to me right now an emoji, what would it be? Hey, by the way, If you know really good instrumental music that you like, 
Tell me, Instagram me. Screenshot me over and DM me on Instagram. All right, so you threw up an emoji. Good job. <laughs> I just said threw up. Speaking of throwing up, <laughs> last time we were together doing our sweaty Bible study, we ended Jonah with the Lord <laughs> throwing up Jonah out of the fish and onto dry land. We've been working through Jonah to understand the boundless compassion of God's heart <laughs> and the wickedness of our own. Come on, right? We can do this. The wickedness of our own, the hard hearts that we have, our resistance to go when God calls, how our comfort, our classification, our status becomes a shelter, a place for us to hide out in. But yet God keeps calling. On a scale of one to 10, I want you to feel like you're about six, seven. One eyes open, one is eyes open, laying in bed, you're breathing. One is you're alive. One is you are conscious that you are alive. 10 is all out effort. Anything over a five, you're moving on purpose. Consistently, intentionally, with purpose. Relax your shoulders. Take some big breath, expand your belly. Get in your body. Look around. Just look around the room or outside and let your eyes take something in. If you're outside and it's early morning, early morning sunlight is so good for your brain. It helps you set your circadian cycle so that you will go to sleep a little better. Your pineal gland gets to work, which releases serotonin. It's good stuff. It's like the God, that God made us to arise in the morning see his goodness, his favor, and set the clock. That rest is coming again. All right? So Holy Spirit, God, the fullness of who you are, God, come into this time. Need us. Everyone, I want to see you see your, like you're unzipping your heart, your chest, and opening all the things that are inside of you for God to come on in <laughs> and examine you. Amen? 
Examine me, God. Search me. Know me. Teach me about me so that I will know about you. But it's about knowing you that I will know me. So God, as we open your word, illuminate it so that we would know you. Because in knowing you, we will know ourselves. And ultimately, we don't need to know anything else just to know you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Jonah 3. We're in chapter 3. Guess what? You're halfway through the Bible study. I love it when you guys, you know we're going to do this next week. So before you push play, read Jonah 4 with your own eyes. Or stop right now. Y'all have a phone. Let's not be Bible illiterate. Stop and stop what you're doing. Or keep walking. Turn me off. Open your Bible app. Read Jonah 3 for yourself. Just only 10 verses. Then come back and press play. I want the serious to do that. I want those of you that are like, it isn't about the workout. I am not trying to slap Jesus on this workout. It's got to be you, God. You have to come. And I need to know you for me, not know you through Elisa, but know you for myself. So do that now if you want. Okay, if you did it, well done. Here we go, I'll read it for you. So you'll hear it again. Moving your body, it can be a six, a seven, maybe moving towards an eight, but be kind. Remember, Jonah's called to go to Nineveh to be who he is, a prophet, and tell Nineveh that the Lord knows some evil things that you are doing. But Jonah resists. Go back and listen to one and two. And now here we are. Jonah finally gets his act together. We still don't see his heart is right, but at least he prays to God from the belly of the whale and God spits him out. Here we go. Verse 1. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city. Call out against it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days journey in breadth. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey, and he called out, quote, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown, end quote. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast, put on sackcloth, from the greatest to them to the least of them. Verse 6. The, the word reached the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, 
and sat in ashes. He issued a proclamation and published through Nineveh, quote, By the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and let them call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. End quote. Verse 10. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of this disaster that he said he would do to them, and he did not do it. This is the word of the Lord. Okay, so let's talk through this a bit. The word of the Lord comes to Jonah a second time. That's key. Now, God says something different, a little different this time. The first time, he tells Jonah to go to Nineveh because, let me make sure I did exactly right, call out against it for their evil has come before me. So he's saying to Jonah, go there, and this is why which perhaps triggered Jonah, just talking about their evil. Just, it, it triggered him, and so he goes the other way. This time, God comes, doesn't say why, just what to do. Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. I love how this time goes, this time God goes, go. I'm not going to tell you more than that because you seem to be unable to handle it. <laughs> so now you're just going to go because I said go. And when you get there, I'll tell you what to say. <laughs> Isn't that funny? It's like we want God to tell us everything, but the thing is he doesn't tell us everything because we can't handle it. <laughs> If we knew everything, we'd mess it up. So this is nice of the Lord to say, all right, just go. And I'll tell you when you get there. <laughs> Which we go, well, that's not nice either, right? Do we see how our heart just flares up? Because God's not acting like we want him to act. <sighs> yeah. The word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. Praise God for his relentless pursuit of our hard hearts, even in his holiness. He doesn't need to do it, guys. Can we take a minute to just give him thanks? And he is relentless. He comes around again and again and again. God, we repent. 
our deaf ears. Our, our hearts are hurt, God. Thank you, you know it. You know why we resist. You know why. Just talk to him about the resistance. Push up towards an eight. So I get this, you guys. <laughs> I may not have gone, got on a boat and literally gone in a different ge geographical location, but when God first called me to start Revelation Wellness, I resisted. I, I thought, what will people think of me? God, do you know how respected I am? <laughs> I look back, I'm like, I don't think I was that respected. I just thought I was. I was doing something respectable. I was hiding behind that, the comfort of, hey, this is what we do in the fitness world. <laughs> There's no equation for that, God. I don't know what to do there. And from what I had seen, I didn't see anything I wanted to do. So I resisted. But God knew that the finishing work that it would produce in me <laughs> was something I needed. That the call would cost me everything I never, ever needed. Can you just meditate on that? That whatever you think it's going to cost you, if it makes you resistant to God, <laughs> it's actually the thing God's trying to get at. He's not trying to complicate you. <laughs> He's trying to sanctify you, set you apart, make you His so that you are free. Free, free, free indeed. Free in word, free in deed, free in thought. rid you of fear of man and here's the thing Jonah it doesn't make it clear that Jonah had fear of man Jonah was judgmental of man Jonah didn't like that God was going to forgive these people Jonah knew we'll learn this in our next chapter that Jonah knew that God would relent, that God would be compassionate to these wicked people. And he didn't like it because God wasn't acting the way he thought he should. That's what God was getting after. Jonah, you're sitting in the right seat. You're a man that I've called to hear my word. But your heart is wrong, Jonah. <laughs> and he's so kind. He could have swallowed Jonah up in the fish. Nope. Jonah prayed. And as we look back last week, 
wasn't a very humble prayer. It was a very self-centered prayer, but a prayer nonetheless. And so God comes again. What is God calling you to that makes you go, I can't do it? It's so obvious that that's the very thing, the very thing that God goes, yes, I can. Do you want healing? Do you want to be well? Or do you want to lay there on your mat or board the plane and go to Comfortville? Come speak to us, God. So God says, go, just go, stop it, stop with the stopping, just go, call out against it, the message that I tell you, and the message was this, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Notice that, here's what's really interesting. Nowhere in the book of Jonah do you see the word recorded, repent. Isn't that interesting? That usually a prophet is told, hey, repent, repent, repent. But that word isn't even used here. Obviously. We're going to learn about it at the end of today about repent but it's not something that Jonah was openly told to say he was just told at this point hey go and tell them what's coming that's all in 40 days 40 days Nineveh will be overthrown tell them what's coming what's about to happen Be an eight. Okay, so Jonah goes to the city. By the way, when it says that it was an exceedingly great city, three days journey in breadth, what that means is that if Jonah was to go up, down, and across every street, if he was to cover every every road of this city, it would take him three days. I just came back from New York City. I've been there so many times. There are still streets, places I've never seen before. So I want you to think of it that way. It's a tiny place. It would. It should only take a day to pass through. But God's like, no, this one's going to take three days because you're going to go up, down, north, south, 
east, west. You're gonna go through every borough, every park, street, city. We're gonna be thorough about this. It's gonna take three days. What should be only one, if you, Jonah, I know you just wanna pass on through, you just wanna do a drive-by, but you're going in. So Jonah goes in and he only gets a day's journey, not even the three days, but in one day, he calls out, verse five, guess what? And the people of Nineveh believe God. Jonah says, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Verse five, and the people of Nineveh believe God. Look how easy that was. They didn't come light the prophet on fire, throw stones, kick him out of the town. They didn't do a witch hunt. He just said the words. People responded. And the people of Nineveh believed God. You guys, I'm going to go quiet. And I just want you to see whatever it is God's calling you to. And for some of you, it is. I'm just going to be selfish. I know some of you are called to get through and become a leader in your own right, a spokesperson in this field, this trillion dollar industry of wellness. Come on. If you just learn it for your own culture of your own home so that your children and your children's children do not suffer like we have in our unbelief or not being told this message about what our bodies are for, the goodness of them, the goodness of God, the beauty, the wonder, not the shame and the fear. God's saying go. For some of you, it's start the Bible study. For some of you, it's make the job switch. For some of you, it's stay at the job. For some of you, it's stay in the relationship. For some of you, it's go. Set up a boundary. Basically, whatever you think you can't, it's a place of unbelief. And God wants to build belief in you that you wouldn't just know him in word, head knowledge, but that your heart, you're willing to cast it into the sea just to be with him. So to the people of Nineveh, to the people he was called to go to, Jonah says what God's saying. You guys, and this is so true. I told you when God called me to this, I had all the scenarios of why it wouldn't work, why people would think I'm crazy. I don't know how to study the Bible. All the, all the resistance in me rose up. And 
when I finally went, taught my first class, not knowing what I was doing, I heard the Lord say, just read my word. Just open the Bible, read something of my word. These people are hungry. They are overfed and malnourished. Just read my word because my word will not return void, Elisa. Just read it and then move them. Help them get in their bodies. Get out of the way and watch what I will do. <laughs> it's so cool. That is exactly what he did. And that's exactly what I did. My first class, <laughs> I wish I could tell you that I spent hours preparing. I didn't. I was kind of resistant to going, listen, I'm not gonna over prepare because I don't think this is gonna go well, but I know how to do the fitness. So, you know, I'll just kind of, I can fake it till I make it with the word. And I found a piece of scripture. I wish I knew what it was. Started the class, said, welcome people. Kind of said, here's how it's gonna be a little different. This thing right here, I'm just gonna read a verse and I'll read it over us a few times during class and let's just see what happens. <laughs> and that's all I did. And y'all, by the end of the class, people are in tears. I was in tears. I'm like, what just, what's going on here? It's what you're feeling right now. <laughs> we overcomplicate. And so we overwork and we overworry and we overstress and we overidentify. And we never get over ourselves. And God says, come, let's go. Put that luggage down. Lose everything you never needed. By the way, it was God's grace on my life to get me to understand that this was going to go somewhere because my class blew up. People started coming. People from other churches, people the unchurched, people from my gym. They were turning and believing God, listening. Just like here, Jonah. The people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. They hear what's coming ahead and they turn back. They turned back in humility. Anyone here need to stop where they are going? You know it's not headed to a good place, but a self-indulgent, self-soothing place so you keep going. Listen to me. Shame off you. You're here. You're doing it right. You're here. I'm sorry about the pain. It's affected your brain, the way you make decisions and how you see the world, but God is here. And where he is, there is life. <laughs> Obstacles fall down. Dead places come alive. The places that are self-indulgent and self-soothing, they no longer satisfy. They might, they might, you know, give you a hit. When it passes, we always say your comfort eventually becomes your misery. It just does. Stop running. Put on that sackcloth 
<laughs> which just means humble yourself. Stop trying to pretend you're something you're not. Believe God. Believe God. All right, good job. Keep moving. Take a deep breath. By the way, if I told you to be an eight, you can come back. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, I'm not sorry. You know, like, you're sorry when you do something on purpose. I just got caught up. Pardon me. How about that? Pardon me. Be a seven. Start to cool down. We're not going to go any higher today than that eight. Just be a seven. So verse five. Remember verse four. One day journey, not three, just one day in. Jonah doing what God said to do. Probably still resistant. Well, we know. We're just doing it. Checking the box. Bang. People believe God. <laughs> And they didn't just believe in word, they believed in deed. They, put on, they called for a fast and put on sackcloth. Now here's the interesting thing. Some of you might go, well, how would they know to do that? They're wicked people. They're unbelievers. Well, here's the deal. In ancient times, they understood the worship of a God. Yeah. So let me read this from a commentary. There were many gods in this time. That's why they're all worshiping different ones. And gods do require stuff. Gods, they would make sacrifices. So the whole sacrificial system that God sets up in the Old Testament, it wouldn't be that foreign. Other people were offering their sacrifices to other gods. So this is from a commentary about worship or about the worship of false gods in ancient time. It says this, every day worship your God, little g God, sacrifice and benediction a proper accompaniment, accompaniment of incense. Present your free will offering to your God, your little g God, for this is proper towards the gods. Prayer, supplication, prostration, offer him daily and you will get your reward. Then you will have full communion with your God, little g. In your wisdom, study the tablet, whatever's written down. Reverence begets favor. Sacrifice prolongs life. And prayer atones for guilt. This is from Babylonian wisdom literature. This would be something that, it sounds very much like our God. Let me read it again and put it in our capital G. Every day, worship your God. Sacrifice and benediction are proper accompaniment. Present your free will offering to your God, for this is proper toward the God. Prayer and supplication, prostration, offer him daily, and you'll get your reward. The Bible says he does reward those who seek him. 
then you will have full communion with your God. In your wisdom, study the tablet. Reverence begets favor. Sacrifice prolongs life. And prayer atones for guilt. Well, we saw that, it's true, right? Because Jonah prayed in the belly of the whale and God spared him, spit him out. So this is what's so crazy, is this would not be foreign to these people. They know how to worship God. Gods, uh, they're just worshiping the wrong God. And here's how you know it's the wrong God. The evil that was being produced from it. God, when we worship Yahweh, it produces fruit. It produces something of life. It produces humility in us. It doesn't mean we snap our fingers and get our way. It means we believe that God is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. Jesus. Jesus, the one who lays himself out, fillets himself open for the sins of the world. So we take the same posture. Nineveh or Jonah didn't have that same heart. Do you want to know what God is like? Look at Jesus. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So in verse 6, the word reaches the, the king of Nineveh, and he arose, the king of this wicked place, repents. Well, it doesn't say it repents. It just says he arose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, sat in ashes. He did what to do. They knew to do this. They knew. This is what we do when we forsake the gods. <laughs> Here's what I want to say. Do you understand how many people are ready to hear what you have to say? They're ready. In our minds, in our limbic brains, we construct the reasons why we shouldn't, the reasons why it won't work. Meanwhile, right? Just like my first class, God's like, they're overfed and undernourished. Just read my word and move them. I'll do the rest, Elisa. <laughs> Take my yoke upon you. I'll carry the heavy weight. Learn from me. I am lowly and gentle at heart. Y'all, you can never, ever go wrong with humility. You know that? You can never. When you find yourself obstinate, resisting God or even someone else, you can never go wrong in humility. Humble yourself. <laughs> and Jonah, still not getting this. But look at the people around him. They knew, oh, we have done something wrong. 40 days, we're in trouble. Let's fast. Let's get low, let's get in the ashes. So it's most likely in commentators say that it was the king that did this, so then the people did it. Even though as you read Jonah 3, it reads as if the people did it and then the king did it. Now, it would be the king and then all the people. It was quick. 
It was quick. What if God wants to do such a quick work and you are prolonging it? You know, I've thought this question before. Gosh, we just get in the way. We interfere. Thank God for his endless and boundless compassion with us. You know, in the New Testament, when Jesus heals people and he says to them, don't tell anyone about this. Just go make your offering. Be quiet about this. Right? I remember reading that going, why would God, why would he do that? Tell everyone. Well, Jesus knew, I'm not trying to be more popular. I have to complete my mission. I need more time. And if you talk and boast, you'll make it harder for me. Your heart isn't ready to talk about this. Just go make the offering. And I think to myself, you guys, we know that a lot of people that got healed didn't do that. (laughs) They were too caught up in the healing than in the healer. They didn't listen to his words, right? They just, I finally got what I wanted. Oh man, I know this idolatry. So many people go, okay, I'll follow you, God, but only if I get what I want. What if you follow him? Because he is the way. He is the truth. And he is the life. Not because he's going to give you a way, give you more truth, and give you a life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So how many people, because they couldn't, they didn't do what Jesus said, I just have this feeling that they limited his lifespan. That maybe Jesus would have lived for 10 years, seven years, maybe just one more day. What might he have done? With one more day. But the people, (laughs) they didn't listen to what he said. And they made it about themselves and the healing. And it limited him. Like we, (laughs) we got in the way. And so three years, we got three years. What if he was meant to be here longer? (laughs) I don't know, it's just a question. (laughs) I know we say it's the sovereignty of God, but he told them not to tell. And they did the very opposite. What are you doing? That is the very opposite of what he's saying. And when God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. Thank you, God, that this is you. (laughs) This is who you are. Thank you that you override our fumblings and stumblings, that your grace is greater than ours, Lord, and that you are on the throne. And we repent, Lord, of our our obstinate hearts the way we construct an argument against you we raise thoughts up higher than you so God take this work out and make us soft 
take this time of engaging and tensing and soften us in humility to be the clay watered by the word and now ready for your hands to press on us shape us change us mold us into the workmanship you've created us to be we thank you god we love you and praise you for this time and that these are not words that were just said in vain that they are words that have gone to work in us we love you and we thank you in jesus name amen